0: Welcome to the Walk Worthy Podcast, a podcast by Hespler Baptist Church, located in Cambridge, Ontario. Our local church exists to make disciples who walk worthy of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. We hope and pray that this is an encouragement to you and to anyone else you share this with. A Book of Comfort for those in sickness, chapter 5 a comfort as to our being useless. There are few more distressing feelings than that of thinking ourselves useless. We feel melancholy at the thought and almost degraded. We think we are a burden to others. We certainly become such to ourselves. This idea is very likely to take possession of the mind of a sick person and the more active the life and health, the more useless does one seem to oneself to be when laid upon a bed of illness. And here let me remind my readers that this comfort book is not intended only for people who are in bed. Many of the most pitiable forms of illness and suffering will be found not on beds at all, but on sofas in armchairs. Yes, many of the sick ones who may claim this book as their own are even walking about, but they are hit sore and could do nothing that looks worth much. I am free to confess at once that there is much that is very sad in such cases much to depress, much to warp and sour the mind, much to make a sick man pass pass wrong judgment upon himself. It is quite natural that when we see the train of daily life rolling off, we should feel sad at being left behind, that it should increase our sadness if we reflect that so has it been for many a long day, and perhaps so will it be for many a long day more. It may be even to the end. The nobler one's nature is, the more will one feel this, To many, the feeling has been at times intolerable. Very often, it has set up irritation and sin. It has warped the mind into such a morbid condition that it could not look calmly at the situation and see under the surface and get the comfort which is undeniably there. It would indeed be dreadful and degrading to be utterly useless. It would add a fresh trial to those which already belong to the sick man. If he were indeed useless, he must be very wretched because he would be in violation of God's express intention and of the whole plan of his providence, for in his whole creation there is not a single useless thing. Now here, I think, we shall find our first comfort. The good God, who has sent you your sickness, is the one who has ordained that nothing shall be useless. God has made you and put you in your present position, and he meant you to be useful in it, of importance in it too you are certainly not ordained to be an exception to all creation. If you are, you must be a very strange person indeed, in fact, quite a curiosity in your own way. Now I am sure you do not want to make out that you are unique in creation, the only specimen of a useless thing that the Almighty ever made. Why, that such an idea should be absurd is quite a comfort in itself. Perhaps you think that all the juice has gone out of you, and that you are no better now than a dry bone such as one of those seen by Ezekiel in the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones, and concerning which the question is asked, Son of man, can these bones live? Well, let us take up for a moment this matter of the bone. Go to any London dust heap, and you will find sorters picking out from it carefully every bone. No doubt the people who ate the meat off them consider them done with, and threw them away, just as you consider yourself done for and thrown on one side. But the bone has not yet come to its end it is sent off to the boiling house and from there every portion of fat or gelatin that it can yield is extracted from it the former goes to the soap maker the latter is turned to account for the patent gelatin packets now used for a score of different purposes the turners get hold of those of any size and convert them into thousands of fancy articles even the very small scraps are of use ground very fine and treated with sulfuric acid They make this celebrated superphosphate manure one of the best-known fertilizers. Another very important product extracted from bones is phosphorus, an important part of the brain and nervous system, one of the substances which gives light to the match. What diverse forms of new life await the old bone as the ragpicker recovers it from the dust heap? Its substance in the form of handles of knives, chessmen, paper knives, and so on, mingles with the everyday concerns of life its hard work and its enjoyments and intellectual amusements, whilst in its fluid and manurial products yet more astonishing changes attend it, the moment it falls into the hands of the manufacturer. The difficulty that we feel in dealing with the seeming rubbish that we kick out of the way with our foot is to follow it out into the many diverse forms it assumes upon its resurrection. How much better are you, my friend, than any bone? How much better than anything? You are not a thing, but a man or woman, one whom God made for his own glory, and concerning whom he did not change his purpose when he sent you illness. No, he only altered the sphere and method of your service and usefulness, promoting you, perhaps, to a much higher one than you had before. Remember that if you are useless, it must be only by your own deliberate act, and you must not consider that it is the doing of God. God has not taken away all opportunities of usefulness from you by setting you in a useless place. This is our first comfort here. The position is not by any means so bad as at first sight it appeared. Cheer up. God has a place for you. God has something for you to do and to be in his kingdom. You are no poor, trodden-down creature. You have a place and a name before God. We'll help you very much to see this, if you remember that seeming uselessness is very different from real and if you will determine to look below the surface and to look at things in relation to God. Sometimes we must look at things in relation to God and man, and sometimes to God alone. That the bone has lost its usefulness is not true. It has great uses, if only they are brought out by proper treatment. It has fulfilled all its functions in being during life part of an animal, and now it has a new set of functions to enter on. And all your uselessness is only in appearance. True! You cannot take part in the business of life, no more can this bone in the motion of any animal, but you can be useful in other ways. Your patience, your resignation, your glorifying God in the fires, your word of good to others, all are useful and estimably precious in the sphere of his kingdom in which he has now appointed you to act. Sick man or sick woman, you have a place of usefulness for God, not the old place but his place. The place which is best in the eyes of the All Wise One. Sometimes, in talking to sick people, I put it in this way In a great army going forth to battle, there is the artillery with its wagons and guns and teams and mounted artillery. It makes a great show. No one can fail to be impressed with the thunder of its guns and with the execution they do. Perhaps we would think it a fine thing to belong to the artillery. Then come the cavalry. A brave show the regiments make as they charge the enemy, and we would think it a fine thing to be mounted on one of those splendid chargers. The uniform is striking. If we wanted to fight for our country, we should be well pleased to be in that branch of the service. But who are those in somber uniforms of dark green? A scattered band, stealing along quietly, one mounting a tree, hiding in its foliage, another crouching in the corn, a third sheltering behind a stump, a fourth and fifth lying flat on their face and hands. Are these cowards, skulking in the day of battle? Are they men who, whatever brings them here, do not belong to the king's army at all? No, their button bears the crown. These are the rifles. They form a brigade of their own, and this is the way they fight when occasion so requires. That sombre uniform is essential to the work these men have to do. They are lying in wait to pick off the officers on the enemy's side. They may have to wait silently, patiently, and unseen for a long time, but they are taking part in the battle just as much as those who come out more prominently. And when the victory is won and the rewards are given, these men will wear a medal on their breasts just as others and will be accounted as having taken part in the battle and contributed to the victory just as much as they. In First Samuel chapter 30, 21-25, You read of two hundred men who were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had also made to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial, of those who went with David, and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man, his wife, and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Then said David, You shall not do so, my brothers, with that which the Lord has given us, who has preserved us, and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goes down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarries by the stuff. they shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. The men who are keeping garrison are just as important in the war, looking at it as a whole, as those who go out and take the field. If there were not garrisons in such and such fortified places, the troops in the field would have no base for their operations, nothing to fall back upon, and perhaps the war could not be carried on at all. God's plans, his work, his kingdom are a great whole, and though you would be useless and worse than useless here, and there, as a rifleman would be, if he got in amongst the cavalry or at artillery, yet in your own place you are of the greatest use. God has a use for you, though man cannot see it, though, perhaps, you cannot see it for yourself. All you have to do is say, Am I in the place where God has put me? And if you feel that you are, then depend upon it. The all-wise God would not do so a foolish a thing as to put you where you could be of no use. Let me tell you another little similitude by which I cry to try to comfort sick people. Here's a lady with a bag of beautiful wools of all colors. Her little boy comes to her while she is at work and says, Oh, mother, what beautiful colors, red, blue, pink, green. I like them all. They will look pretty in your picture when it is finished. But here is a a wool of black. I don't like that. It is a nasty dull color, and there's only one ball of it. That cannot do any good. "'I will take it away, for it is only spoiling the look of these pretty wools.' "'No, no, my child,' says the mother. "'That is a very precious ball. You must not touch it. "'I will show you by and by how useful it is.' "'So the work goes on, and is almost finished when the mother shows it to the child. "'But the latter, instead of exclaiming how much he admires it, "'looks at it in astonishment and says, "'Why, mother, the man and woman and children and horses and dogs have no eyes?' They look as if they were not real at all. Then the mother produces her ball of black wool, and in a few minutes works in the eyes, and then the whole thing looks lifelike, and now the child has learned the use of the ball of black, and thus it is with us. Our illness is to us the ball of black that makes our particular life a useful one, that makes us fill up the place where black is needed in the great plan of God. We, perhaps, are the shadows in God's great picture. And what picture could be drawn with nothing but light? What picture, I mean, which concerns earth? The great picture of God's love, so far as earth is concerned, is shaded heavily with the shadow of the cross, so that, as far as being useless is concerned, you may be greatly comforted. Unless it is your deliberate wish to be so, you neither are nor can be useless. Perhaps in your illness you are being promoted in the kingdom of God, when that bone of which we were speaking a little time ago was ground up and changed into superphosphate of lime, how subtle did it become in its influence? It then had the power to enter the minute hair-like roots and fibres of plants. It could combine with the elements. It could do wonders. Crushed corn makes bread. trodden grapes make wine. Pressed olives yield oil. The frankincense that feels the fire floats upward in perfumed wreaths toward the sky. The corn of wheat abiding alone is not fruitful. It is when it dies that it enters into the harvest ranks. The branch that bears fruit is pruned, that it may bring forth more fruit. So then, sick man or woman, do not mope and be downcast. Consider yourself not to be useless. If you are sufficiently free from pain and have sufficient strength, find out some occupation for yourself. It will be especially helpful to you if that occupation has to do with the relief of someone else in sickness. If your means are small and your occupation will bring you in something, what you get thus will be doubly sweet. But propose to yourself some aim, some work. While preparing this page for the press, the following reached me in a letter. Elizabeth lives in a little village. When eighteen years old, she was working in a mine, and met with a terrible accident, getting her spine broken in three places "'and five ribs broken also, two on one side, three on the other. "'She has now lived on in this state forty-five years "'without any feeling below her waist, "'and one leg bent completely under her. "'She was one of a large family, all of whom have died, "'but one sister, an old woman of over seventy, "'who lives with her and takes care of her. "'The sad sister is deaf and dumb and cannot read. "'Her name is Abigail. "'It is wonderful to see the two together.' so fond of each other. Elizabeth has no power to move herself in her bed. She is turned from her back to her chest by Abigail, who understands a little by means of signs. Notwithstanding her terrible affliction, Elizabeth is the brightest Christian I have seen. She is full of rejoicing and gratitude, and remarked the other day to a lady who went in, How good it is of the Lord to let the sun shine in at my little window. She is so great a favorite with the neighbors, and no wonder I was thinking of others that a poor woman who was dying and leaving a baby a few weeks old would not be satisfied until Elizabeth promised to take it and bring it up. This she actually did, and the child lived to be fourteen when it died of consumption, very happy. Another little instance of the way she is always ready to help others. a lady going in one morning found her lying as usual on her chest, but with her hand stretched out of the bed busily kneading dough to make a loaf for a family in want near her. Under any circumstances you may be of great use by being contented and cheerful in your trouble. Those around you will see that God sustains you, and will bless him and glorify him, and perhaps learn to trust him too. Here is another account of a useful Christian, which I also received while engaged on these pages. He asked me to send you a short count of Elizabeth, the poor young woman whom we knew, where my father was living for some years. She lay for eighteen years on her back, not able even to be moved on her side. But notwithstanding this, she was one of the happiest people I have ever seen. It was a pretty little cottage in the grounds close to the water's edge that she lived in, but she could see nothing of the beauty around her, of which she used to be so fond, except in a high tide, when she used greatly to enjoy the sight of the boats as they passed. She had slipped on the rocks when a girl of sixteen, falling on her back, gradually lost the use of her limbs, and soon was unable to be moved from her bed. Often she suffered great pain, and hardly ever slept more than one hour or two hours at longest in the night. Yet a brighter, happier face it was impossible to see or a more wonderful example of rejoicing and tribulation. She used often to say, This has been a blessed sickness to me, and nothing less would have done, I'm sure. Naturally, very full of life and spirits, it seemed all the more wonderful her extraordinary patience. My mother used always to say she was a blessing to the whole neighborhood. Some of the roughest men used to come and sit by her bedside and take a word from Elizabeth and a little book of which she always kept a stock. Whoever was in trouble invariably confided in her and her great sympathy and other sorrows made people forget she had any of her own. She used to say that her long nights gave her time to pray about all the troubles that were told to her. Some days... When feeling a little better, she would knit or read and write for a short time, but not very often. She was given a water bed the last few years of her life, for which she never ceased to thank God, and the smallest kindness was always so gratefully received that everyone felt it a pleasure to do anything for her. She would also rejoice with those who rejoiced in a very beautiful way. She died about three years ago, praising God to the last, although for several months in great suffering, and saying she would willingly bear it all over again, for the comfort and joy she had felt in her Lord. It would, however, be beside the purpose of this little book to enter at any length upon this subject. This is a comfort book, and apart from all such considerations as these, I hope I have said enough to give you some comfort on the subject of not being useless. We must not think so meanly of ourselves as to suppose that God does not think us worth anything and that we are thrown aside as something worthless. We may think meanly of ourselves in a bad, as well as in a good way. As a man thinks of himself, so often he will be. There is no motto belonging to a certain noble family. Nobility obliges. That is, I am a noble man, therefore I must act like a nobleman. Feel that you are useful in God's kingdom, and you will feel the desire to act as though you were. And then a whole cloud of miserable and depressing thoughts will be dispelled, and you will feel strengthened and revived. God wills that you should be somebody still and that you will feel that you are somebody and that you have your place on earth now and will have it in heaven after.